2: And welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 56 here on Monday, November 6th, 2017. Welcome to November. I am Joe Murata alongside the one, the only, the unpredictable... Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? howdy doody. <laughs> going on, man. Welcome to November, sir. Ah, uh, November retro wrestling? Yes, we are here. We have arrived. It's like Survivor Series. Right around the corner soon? It's some corner. There's some kind it's of corner around Around some corner. That's right. Thanksgiving, the turkey
1: day will be coming up in oh, a little while. Will Lex Luger be eating the turkey, <laughs> yes, like on that, that cover or whatever?
2: <laughs> yeah, and I think the gobbledygooker, of course, will be set for action. He's always set for action. And folks, we appreciate you being set to listen to us as we romp through the world of the retro wrestling the whole world of it. Yes. We explore the world. Last week we went to Japan. Yeah, we, nice. We've been all over the place. <laughs> nice we've, been, trip. we've been to Europe before too. Yeah, we have passports. Yeah. <laughs> we have press credentials. Yeah. And uh, folks, thank you so much. Uh we have some great things in store for you today, but before we get to any of that want to remind you if you haven't yet why don't you follow us on the twitter at ovp podcast the twitter is good because there's short you know things you can say to us or send us with the gifs and stuff yeah gifies, and you get the informational stuff <laughs> like hey the podcast came out yeah like, exactly <laughs> or watch this video i liked <laughs> Uh, you can also email us at ovppodcast@gmail.com. at com. We don't recommend it only because there's a much better place to talk to all of us. Yes, and there is. That is the Facebook group, Quinn. What the hell goes on there? Well, the Facebook group is where all the fun really
1: happens uh we talk about all the old wrestling we send little clips to each other oh, and, yeah. and make fun of carrie von eric and we
2: do actually all yeah. sorts
1: in mac rivera and, <laughs> and, and mac rivera i think mac rivera is even there but he just doesn't participate in no, the no no he ja- is there though
2: he is there jameson's been posting
1: yeah jameson is, really is active <laughs> I, I hope he didn't
2: listen to our, my opinion of Jamison. oh i told him <laughs> oh, okay. And he's like I don't care basically. He headed me. <laughs> he headed me hard. <laughs> yeah. Now, could if they want to go to that uh, Facebook group, what do they do?
1: Well, they go into their facebook.feet website <laughs> and they type in our vantage point retro wrestling podcast and okay. you'll see the group and you hit join and then we
2: will approve you because we mm-hmm. approve everyone yes we do we yep. do approve everybody if you are listening to us for whatever reason on soundcloud maybe you click the link on twitter or something like that yeah. you know soundcloud player yeah you don't have to listen to us there quinn where can we be found oh well, there's much
1: easier ways yes to get the podcast you can go over to apple podcasts on your itunes or your uh phone there on yeah, your phone you get ovp podcast you find our vantage point podcast and mm-hmm. you hit the subscribe button mm-hmm. and when you hit the subscribe button you never really have to ever do anything again the nope. podcast just gets into your phone or device or whatever yeah and you can also leave a review on there which you know we're having a contest for that so if you recommend a friend and yep. they
2: leave Put, a review and mention your, your name, name. Yep. yeah uh you will get a prize that's right so give us a five-star review if you don't mind, you yeah. know, we would like that. It's nice to get those reviews. Yeah. And also, just to clarify for that contest, it's the most reviews. Yes.
1: It, with recommendations.
2: So. And if no one wins, guess what? No one wins. The, did <laughs> we really, get the shirt? Yeah, I think we're going to buy ourselves the OVT. <laughs> yeah. Quinn, we're also available on Google Play Music and a few other places. Yeah, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Kay. Blueberry, Otto. Who
1: cares? Well, Whoa. Well,
2: Otto got it this week? Well, sometimes Otto gets it. Yes. And obviously any anywhere that podcasts are found. I yeah, say, basically. Right? If, if, if it has a podcast, we're there. Yep. I also want to give a special shout out to a couple of our friends of the show. We have the wrestling podcast about nothing. W P A N. Oh, yes. It is hosted by professional wrestling referee, Mike Crockett. Great guy. Superstar referee. Friend of the show and uh, independent wrestler, the Kingpin, Brian Malone. Uh, we were on their show. It was a great time. Oh, that was fun. And yeah. they have a great podcast, the wrestling podcast about nothing. And of course, who could forget? Our little brother show, Quinn. Yeah, our little brother, Petey. Petey. And he has a great show, actually, believe it or not. It's a one-man show. But it's good still. It's an excellent, excellent show. It's called Greetings From Allentown. That is G.F. Allentown. Yes. And he is excellent Petey Winston with a great one-man show there. And, Quinn, there is one more thing I think we need to mention. Yes, because it had a big th- splash, uh, debut, if you will. a big splash. It was a gala event.
1: Yes, <laughs> like, red carpet. Yeah, like the time we went to the Hall of Fame. You remember that? Mm-hmm, I do. Uh, that's our Patreon.
2: Yes, that launched uh, about a month, not even a month ago, but most recently this past Wednesday, November first. Yes, we finally released our first Patreon exclusive content, and it's a video review of March 1982. WWF.
1: Yes, it's a it's a very fun romp through the month of March in 1982 with, you know, such luminaries as uh, Johnny Rods. Yes, and, Tony Gurria, uh, Tony Gurria. Yeah, and Rick Martel.
2: And, yeah, you know, your you usual know, suspects. You know how we do the review on the show. Now we do it live. Yes with the video. And if you'd like to uh, contribute to our Patreon, you can simply go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Yeah, and just to clarify, the, the, just to see the re- video reviews, it's only three bucks. It's, that's, it's a very low tier. So. Yes, very low tier. All right, so yeah, but go to our Patreon, and obviously we'll be thankful for any amount, but if you want access to the video reviews that you'll get monthly, just three bucks a month. Yep. You can check out the other rewards and other tiers while you're there. Yep. All right, Quinn, we have been doing a foundational series this season. Yes. For the modern era. Yes. This is this is laying the foundation, not for, the heart Foundation. No, no, no. And not even the new foundation. And definitely not the York Foundation. Oh, well, that, that foundation <laughs> was a crap foundation. <laughs> what we've been doing here is kind of walking you through the pre-Hulkamania era in wrestling mm-hmm. across, across the U.S. and getting to where we are now. And when we last left off, we had a few different threads going on. Vince McMahon... Of course Mm -hmm. The owner of the World Wrestling Federation Yeah, Titan Sports Titan Sports He had been running his empire Yes, he had Shut up, I'm talking And uh, Ted Turner You ever hear of him? Oh, yeah, the the cable man Yeah, the cable man Oh, there he is, (laughs) cable man You mean illegal cable? He was um down there in Atlanta, yes, because he had purchased Jim Crockett Promotions in 1988, and what he was doing was essentially trying to go head to head with Vince McMahon. Correct. So that's great, and that's competition's good. The guy's not a very ethical businessman. Vern Gagne, though, we talked about his American Wrestling Association. Man, he stunk. They stunk by 1990 so much that that was it. Yeah, because nobody his- was even showing up eminent domain took his yeah. lake Minnetonkin tonkin lake house away <laughs> which was how they were funding the the company i want <laughs> a way to go out by the way like,
1: it's like an eminent domain like <laughs> claim puts a uh, like 60 year old business
2: or whatever it was out it's sad yeah it's it kind of sad but okay but the the cliffhanger we left everyone hanging on to was there was one more promotion from the dying days of the territories right mm-hmm. And that was an NWA promotion, believe it or not. The NWA was pretty much nothing by the early 90s. Yes, it was. Rubble. It was, it was.
1: It was rubble and ash. <laughs> yeah. and I, It was looking for a phoenix of some kind. And I don't know if it ever found one. but
2: We'll find out yeah. here because while Gagne is closing his doors in 1991 and while Vince McMahon is still doing good yes. and while Turner is trying to do good because mm-hmm. there's a lot of crap going on. And we'll cover that. Don't worry. There was something called the Tri-State Wrestling Alliance, and it was in the Northeast, Philadelphia, to yeah. be exact. Our neck of the woods, right? Our neck of the woods, near us in Jersey, and it was founded in 1989. It was a guy named Joel Goodhart. And back here we have
0: Joel Goodhart.
2: And basically, this turned into, in 1992, a much more well-known promotion known as ECW Eastern Championship Wrestling. It was purchased yes. by... Todd Gordon, you might have heard yes. of him. It's it was not what you think it is yet. For another exciting edition of Easter Championship Wrestling,
1: it was a small NWA promotion in Philly. Eddie Gilbert was the booker.
2: Hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert. Hot, so
1: you may have heard of him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would die in around yeah, ninety five. so he wasn't there much, very long anyway. Correct. But um, yeah, they, they broke ground. Um, it was your typical NWA promotion at the beginning. A uh, spunky know, little spunk
0: that here in the eastern wrestling
2: area
1: you know not not the
2: ECW that no. we would know later on you no, know? No, no, no. Quite,
1: not quite yet um a lot of local stars such as the sandman
2: the Sandman was a big dealer. The uh, the guy by the name of Tommy Dreamer made his name there, even yes. when he had a different gimmick, that kind of Chippendale gimmick. Yep. Not, not the Tommy Dreamer no. yet. Nobody was really
1: anything yet. Nobody but, was much of anything. Yeah, it was just kind of like, hey, we're putting on shows in a bingo
2: hall in Philly. Come and mm-hmm. see it. It's the NWA, so does that count for something? (laughs) Exactly. And basically, they had a television show that started, I believe, in the spring of 1993 while Eddie Gilbert was still at the helm. Yes. You can find it on the WWE Network to this day. Yes, you can. Hey, great. They had
1: TV. Cool. I mean, for an indie. That's a good thing, especially in the 90s when
2: the NWA territories were running out of options as far as TV went. Exactly. And by September of 1993, a much more well-known Person having to do with ECW took over as the head booker, and that would be Paul E. Dangerously. What an introduction! Here's Paul E. Dangerously. Real name Paul Heyman.
1: Paul came in with a lot of interesting ideas and uh, stuff wrestling was not doing at all correct in, in 1993.
2: Absolutely, and you have to remember this is the year of Doink and yeah, uh, Bastion Booger, yeah, and all and, sorts of stupid gimmicks. The um, Cheatham, the evil midget in WCW, right,
1: and crap like that.
2: White Castle <laughs> <a> strap matches, <laughs> right, yeah. and stuff. Yeah,
1: nice place
0: you have here. Reminds me of your personality. Cold, very funny, Sting.
2: Now, I want to also briefly set the rest of the national stage here for everybody. So, we've mentioned WWF and WCW, and the main focus of today's segment is going to be this promotion called ECW. Right. However, we want to give special mention to a couple of things that were still going on at the time. Right. In 1991, again, same year that Vern officially closed his doors, mm-hmm. Jim Cornette, who had been a very successful manager in the NWA. Yes, at that point, One yes. of the best managers ever. He opened up his own promotion in the South. Called Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Which
1: also was kind of doing a little more um,
2: rougher stuff. Yes. Stuff you couldn't find on the WWF or
1: the WCW.
2: They, for example, were the first promotion that had the wrestling team known as The Gangsters. Yes. If you've ever heard of them, they made their way to the ECW we're talking about. They brought in a lady
1: named Tammy Fitch. Yes, they did, Tammy who Fitch. Who would later become Sonny, who we remarked you know,
2: recently about how what she did for women. Absolutely. How she changed the game. They had uh, some great talent there. They had a guy named Primetime. Brian Lee was one of their big stars. They had Chris yep. Candido. Right. Who went on to become Skip and then back to Chris Candido. They headlined it with the Heavenly Bodies and the Rock and Roll Express. Yep. Kind of the um the spiritual successor, if you will, to the Midnight Express, right. Rock and Roll Express. You know, feud. originally
1: it had Stan Lane, so it was one half of
2: the Midnight <laughs> yes. Express with uh, Tom Pritchard. Tom Pritchard. Dr. Yes. Tom. So you had that going on and that promotion to this day, and I don't blame the fans that like it. We actually kind of like it now. It's okay. Yeah. Had a cult following. Ninety-one to 95 smoky mountain operated so they're getting their special shout out here
1: and they had uh you know a, a link to the nwa i don't think they were formally part of the nwa but there would be a lot of nwa talent that yep. would come down there like arn anderson or Correct. something like that yeah
2: sure and bob caudle was an announcer for that right, you know exactly carry over from the nwa and their tagline was wrestling the way it used to be and the way you like it
0: wrestling the way it used to be
2: and the way you like it and you know what there were a lot of people that liked it. Yeah. Because by that point, mid-early nineties, Turner's WCW was not the old NWA anymore. No, it was Ding Dong's and was... nonsense. <laughs> exactly. And freaking and Evil big, Midgets. Big and, Josh. Yeah <laughs> and whatever. Crap. And PM News. <laughs> I said yo baby, yo baby, yo so that's one promotion and then I also want to make a mention of the USWA because that Mm. was another holdover from the territory days it was a merger in 1990 of Fritz von Erich's world class and Jerry Jarrett's Memphis promotion the CWA they merged in 90 but it was very short lived where Fritz's world class had anything to do with it it soon became Memphis only right world class kind of got pushed out pretty quick and Kerry von Erich made his way over to the WWF anyway he did he hopped right over there Yeah. (laughs) So Jerry Lawler, of course, was still the biggest star in Memphis throughout the 90s. Yeah. I mean, unquestionably. Yeah. And the USWA was another promotion that folded in late 97, if I remember correctly. And they were another one where they carried over a lot of the same old storytelling week to week, you know, Southern wrestling and people like that. Yeah. And here's the thing is there was a demand for that
1: in the early 90s because people, I think, really thought that that would disappear. Correct. They thought it would be cartoon characters, yep. and that was just going to be the way wrestling was forever, basically. Hulk yes. Hogan, mm-hmm. and that's it. It's still real to
2: me, damn it! <laughs> yeah, exactly. So while you had that Southern wrestling alternative to the mainstream cartoony WWF, and also WWF Jr. at the time, yeah, which was WCW, what did Paul Heyman start to do, Quinn, throughout 1994 and 1995 that totally distinguished themselves from this cartoon crap? So Paul Heyman
1: looked at the landscape, he looked at the landscape of wrestling, and more importantly, he looked at the landscape of music. He said, the 80s, it was hair metal bands and larger-than-life characters. Kind of like what's going on right now, right? hmm But then Nirvana came. Here we are now, we're Nirvana! And what does he do with ECW? He makes it Nirvana. He makes it grungy, dirty, hardcore, no rules- you know throw it all controversial angles right on the money uh fantastic stuff uh to this day it's great to watch that late 93 period when paul gets the book Mm -hmm. and to see this tiny promotion turn into this
2: it's absolutely wonderful to watch it is whereas wwf let's say was throw a name out there bon jovi Yeah, and maybe WCW was I don't know Winger. Yeah, <laughs> I'm only 17, 17. ECW exactly right was Nirvana. Right, they and f- fine Smoky Mountains, Leonard Skinner, and people like that. Right, right. <laughs> but ECW was this brash, in your face, dark, minimalist, gritty. Yes. and if you have not seen. Early ECW 94 95, yeah, and compared it to what either of the two major North American promotions are doing, yeah, you are in for a treat to it's, check out. It's absolutely wonderful. Some people, Quinn, and I know you'll like to set the record straight on this, have this misconception that ECW from this period of time is only blood, no, and barbed wire. No, 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 you know what it is? It's storytelling, and I think that's
1: the key there. Sure, you got your blood, your guts, your barbed wire, your kendo sticks, but the stories are absolutely wonderful. The One I always loved is the one where the Sandman, he's fighting, I, I don't remember who he's fighting, I think it's Tommy Dreamer, Tommy yeah, Dreamer. Tommy, he's fighting Tommy Dreamer, and the Sandman smokes cigarettes all the time, right? Yes, he did. And basically... um he used to try to put the the cigarette out in someone's eye or something, but it backfires. He gets he gets it gets in his eye. right? Yes.
0: Oh my! Did you see that? The cigarette went right into
1: the eye. Now he's managed by a woman. Yep, uh, Nancy. Uh, Nancy. B- Nancy, the later Nancy. Yeah. But basically, what woman does is she flips out, and it's like real. Oh, it seems like, real. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It, it, it's it's like the real deal. She's she's calling for help and calling the wrestlers by their first names. Mm-hmm.
0: Just get out of here! Get in my
2: face! I didn't mean it!
0: Just get the hell out of here! You
2: bastard! Oh, you son, son of Come of on, Nancy! Come on! I can't you. believe you
1: and, and Tommy's going, I'm sorry, Nancy, it was an accident. It was an accident. And the wrestlers
2: backstage are all pissed they go off back, at Tommy. They
1: take the camera backstage, and the wrestlers are not in their attire. They're like in t-shirts mm-hmm. and jeans and yeah. stuff. street you know? clothes, yeah. Street clothes, and they're, and they're acting like this is real, like this was supposed to be a stunt, and Tommy screwed it up. Right. And that's something nobody was doing.
2: Breaking the fourth wall in such a way where you're almost breaking the, you know, you're yeah. almost doing it there's
1: so many other great angles that you could talk about raven as a character raven in general this was uh johnny polo from the wwf scott levy comes over and i love how they play this out because basically stevie Richards starts saying uh i found scotty flamingo Mm -hmm. scotty the body i'm bringing him in and he starts wearing his attire from the other feds yes i found johnny polo he keeps saying all this stuff right yep finally the day he brings him in he's raven and raindrops Tastes like tears without the pain. Tommy Dreamer,
0: you'll relive the turmoil and anguish of an uncertain youth. Quote the Raven.
1: And he's angsty. And he's he's talking about how his parents mistreated Uh him. And what do kids want to hear? When they're watching something like this. Parents suck. They, the parents suck. They don't understand me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this guy understands yep. me. He, he's exactly what I am. And Raven had a problem with, what do you know it, a pretty boy. Somebody that you would run into in school, a jock and by the name of Tommy Dreamer. The
2: former Chippendale dancer gimmick that we right. were talking about.
1: And Tommy Dreamer is essentially being portrayed as the pretty boy of ECW by this point. Yep. Like, he is the the guy that's going to make it to the top. Sure. You know, he's the varsity jacket guy, you know, mm-hmm. like he doesn't have. A, you know what I mean? Yes. Though. And basically, Tommy went to summer camp with Raven and there was a fat girl. And Tommy said, I'm not going to go out with that fat girl when he was a kid. Raven tells Mm -hmm. this whole story, right? But Raven tracks down the
2: fat girl. And what is it? Playboy Playmate, Beulah Mm -hmm. McGillicuddy. Beulah. She's beautiful. Beautiful. One of the great things about that storyline is Beulah does wind up going back with Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, and they're married. And they're married. In in real life, life, yeah. yeah. And a few other storylines here. It it would take a while to extol the virtues of mid 90s, late 90s ECW. It's fantastic. But a few other quick threads here I want to touch upon before we wrap up about it, the way it told stories. There was another great one, I believe in 96 mainly, where Raven turned Sandman's wife and son against him. Yes, and this was very controversial. But it was well done and gripped at the heartstrings yes because this could happen in real life this mm-hmm. cult-like leader raven really turned the sandman who we, you know the aforementioned smoking drinking just drunk ass sloppy yes. wrestler he uses the fact that look at this guy he's a hor- he's probably a horrible father and mm-hmm. they use this
1: against him and he you know he raven seduces his wife yeah and he brainwashes his child Tyler, do He worships
0: me!
2: And that story does have a happy ending, thankfully. Tyler, the son, did wind up going back with Sandman. Everything was okay. But beyond that, there's some other cool talent that came out of ECW that was just so fun to watch. We're talking about Taz. Yeah. The Dudley boys. We're talking about guys like Ray Mysterio Jr., Dean Malenko. Chris Voldemort. Chris Voldemort. (laughs) They were all ECW guys. Sabu for whatever he's worth, right? Yes. He was a name. And
1: I think we'd be remiss not to mention the cornerstone of all this and a big part of the story here as to how ECW became ECW, and that's Shane Douglas.
2: Shane Douglas, in 1994, won the NWA world title. Now mm-hmm. the NWA, as we mentioned, is a far cry from where it was in the '80s when Crockett was the largest. Yes, promotion NWA is nothing by this point. And, mi-
1: and mind you, this is this is taking place in an ECW that is changing rapidly. Rapidly,
2: Yes. So Shane Douglas wins the vacant NWA title. Yep. He gives that famous promo we've talked about it before, where he throws the belt down and he basically shits on the NWA.
0: I am not the man. Steps of torch to be handed down to me from an organization that died r.i.p. seven years ago
2: great promo great promo and what ecw does the best part is right after this promo they yep. rename themselves to extreme yep. championship wrestling and shane douglas
1: christens the ecw heavyweight championship as the world champ like the world title the extreme Yep. Championship Wrestling World Title.
0: Well, as of noon today, I have folded NWA Eastern Championship Wrestling. In its place will be ECW Extreme
2: Championship Wrestling. This was the start of ECW pushing and clawing and fighting its way to be that big third member of the north american you know you know wrestling scene here yes
1: and well earned
2: well earned because like we said the reason we're
1: talking about these these storylines is because this is what got ecw there it wasn't just the hardcore stuff that that would bring you in on the surface absolutely but when you got caught up in all of this this is this is like real stuff and by 1996 they got a pay-per-view
2: this was their crowning achievement i think was paul Heyman. Who was obviously a charismatic leader in the locker room. Yeah. he was able to turn ECW into something where it, it was the whole promotion. Had a loyal fan base for the promotion more than any one wrestler. Right. Where it was like the, the guys that went to that arena week after week, you know, Straw Hat Guy, Hawaiian Shirt yeah. Guy, yeah. all these guys. Th- this was a cult almost. And I don't like to use that word, but it kind of yeah. was. It was like a cult mentality where right. this is our promotion, damn it. Right. And I mean,
1: that's why they chanted ECW. I know you like to make fun of it, Joe, but do. for ECW, it was relevant. It was a fan base trying to get this promotion to the level they they truly. Believed it could be WCW and WWF at that point. Absolutely. By, by the time the pay per view came around, yeah. and I believe I said ninety six, but it was ninety seven, right?
2: They got the deal in ninety six. It didn't. Yeah. They didn't. They had to put it off because yeah. of the mass transit incident. We don't need to cover that. But yeah, by ninety seven, barely legal ECW's first pay per view. They finally have arrived, and we will cover what happens to them after that. But let's backtrack a little bit yeah. here before we wrap up. So we're in a situation now in the early to mid nineties where. Paul Heyman's ECW is really clawing and scratching and making a name for itself. It's yelling loud even though it's small. Mm -hmm. It's trying really hard to be a big three, basically, right? Vince McMahon's WWF and, and Ted Turner's WCW are still the number one and two. However, something happened in the early 90s that started to turn the tide for not only the WWF, but wrestling in general as a pop culture fad. And it had to do with a doctor named george zahorian back after this hi this is jameson remember me <laughs> yeah me neither you're listening to our vantage
1: point retro wrestling podcast it's the best
0: we'll pay 20 dollars, hopefully for the privilege to see you guys do what you have done for three and a half years Thank Terry Funk for all he's done for this company, for help putting us on the map, for being unselfish in selfish times, for taking the young guys and showing them a better way. Tonight we have a chance to say, yeah, you're right, we're too extreme, we're too wild, we're too out of control, we're too full of our own shit, or we have a chance to say, hey, fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right because you have all made it to the dance because believe me this is the dance
2: yeah. Start the show. from marley race to hulk hogan rick flair to the rock Sting to steve austin you're listening to our national the retro wrestling podcast And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for being with us for episode number 56. Quinn, it is time for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, where we will put each week four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore, and four of the worst go down into the desert of Death Valley. You know whose request this was? No one's! (laughs) Yeah, no one's at all. We just thought this up. This week, we're doing one of our own, which is rare. We've been doing yours, and we want to mention, at any time you can argue or agree with us about our picks, Yes. From Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, let us know on Facebook or on Twitter or email us. But if you have any suggestions for a review for a Rushmore topic or anything at all, go to our website, ovppodcast.com, and you can go to the suggestion box and type in your name and your serial number and yeah. what you'd like us to talk it's about. It's right at the top of the page It says suggestions. Just click on the link. Yep. You can go there. All right. So this one is kind of a joint agreement of Quinn and I. This is not a surprise. So it is the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of Jumping Ship. Jumping Ship. So what does that mean? Well, back in the days of WWF and WCW, which we were talking about just a few minutes ago and ECW was in the mix. Yep. The wrestlers sometimes would jump between promotions, you yes, know, they would get lured away by one promotion or another for various reasons. Yep, be it money or maybe the other promotion sucked. Yeah, one <laughs> or the other, or somebody was dying or yes, something. Something happened. Yeah, and um, sometimes these were a really big deal. Yep. and really either revitalized a wrestler's career or a promotion. Yep. Sometimes it was the worst freaking career move they could have made for that period of time. Yep. And, and this is not limited to the Monday Night War. This is, no. you
1: know, it could it could be
2: before maybe in the 80s or it absolutely like could. That. Yeah. yep, It could have happened in the 80s. Quinn, um, we both had the choice, but why don't you go first? That doesn't rhyme. But why don't you go first? <laughs> I want to pick first uh, Scott Hall to uh, WCW. Oh, my gosh. It's it's
1: insane because it, it, it's the beginning of the NWO. You ever hear of that? Yeah. The
2: NWO. Here's a, a very brief stage setting. If you're unfamiliar, on May 19th, 1996, Razor Ramon wrestled his last WWF match in uh, Madison Square Garden. Yes. On May 27th, 1996, Razor Ramon came out of the crowd on Nitro. Yes, he did. And grabbed a mic mm-hmm. and said, "You people know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. His- you people." What's with him? You know
1: who I am. But you don't know why I'm here. I mean, come on. Like, that <laughs> that alone is awesome. And they just like kind of like shoot him out of the ring or something. Yep. Get
2: the cops, or whatever they say. Yeah. Oh, get him out of here, yeah. New World Order! Yeah. What's with this? A couple of weeks later, Diesel shows up. Yep. Kevin Nash. The same guy that had just wrestled his last match on May 19th, 1996. Yep. This is where the big boys play, huh? (laughs) Look at the adjective. Play. Now we got two WWF guys. Razor Ramon and Diesel are on Nitro. Mm -hmm. That is why WCW took over the wrestling world for about two years i'll tell you what the minute i saw that happen live like, i didn't i, I was saw, watching raw like i asshole. saw
1: the mauler mauling his opponent i'll always remember this oh the mauler mauling his opponent and then scott hall comes in a denim outfit down yeah. the stairs like and an i'm an like idiot. what the hell is going on here you knew the moment that that
2: happened that everything was going to change like you just knew there was something electric about that. Yeah. that had you had never seen before, at least in the modern era, but probably ever, and at least in the U.S. And
1: a lot of people at the time really thought it was the WWF invading. They didn't think right. The casual Stuhl fan had yeah. left.
2: The casual wrestling fan. And by the way, Smarks out there, most people are casual wrestling fans. Yes, they sit there because they like it. They don't get too wrapped up in it. Yeah. They just turn it on and they're like, wait, isn't that guy on the other thing? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just seen him on Raw like the week before or whatever. Yeah. So Now, I want to say this, Quinn. I'd like to put the Outsiders together since it was only a couple of weeks apart. Okay. I have to volley one, but there's no way these guys aren't making it, obviously. Yeah, they got it. Like, this was was groundbreaking. Crazy. crazy. Here's the other one I can think of. Hulk Hogan from AWA to WWF. Oh,
1: okay. You're going that route. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> the foundation of the WWF as we went over. So, I mean, I think those are the first two. I think yeah. that's indisputable. Well, I really do. I mean, you could argue that Hogan going to WCW had its importance also. Because mm. WCW was the minor leagues pretty
2: much before that. Hogan and WCW in 94. Yeah, Even t- though I hate that version of Hogan,
1: you hate it. But
2: <laughs> holy it, shit, it, it
1: changed. It, like, there would be no Scott Hall and Kevin Nash
2: yeah. if Hogan wasn't there. But I'll tell you what, there would be no Hogan in WCW if Hogan hadn't come from the AWA. There'd be no like <laughs> wrestling as we know it without Hogan. In so WWE. I'd say Hogan yeah. Hogan from AWA to WWF for number one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm with it. All right. Number one. Does Hogan get double inducted on Rushmore? Well, let's not just go
1: there. Just yet, <laughs> okay. okay.
2: Well, what else is there then? Well, I, mean, Hall I Hall got Nash. one. We,
1: we mentioned it just now, and I, I yeah. think it actually did change a lot of things. Uh, Raven coming to ECW from, you know, being Johnny Polo and all that crap. I mean, that really did help it ECW. Turned, it, but not only that, it turned somebody who was kind of nothing.
2: That's true. Into and I,
1: one of the biggest, he really was. I think it's it's understated how big a deal Raven was to the '90s as like wrestling storytelling and like how it
2: how it came about. Yeah, that's true. And he was a mainstay. Yeah, I don't know though the impact. Yeah, within ECW, he's he's probably the, one of the biggest acquisitions. Well, because I I think of it this way, because I. I think a lot of what Vince Russo did,
1: yeah. Raven was part of that storytelling style of the 90s. That dark character. It was so different. It was. And and it changed things because it's it you could make a guy like that be your main guy. Could you ever imagine a guy like Raven uh headlining in Ric
2: Flair's days in the NWA? <laughs> I mean, no. like it, he'd be a joke? True. You know, I just don't know. I think of if we're going to be fair here, Holland Nash have to go on as number two. Well, yeah, but here's another one. Yeah. Rick Flair to the WWF. Yeah, it's big. I it mean,
1: didn't it didn't have the impact well, that, I, that I wished it
2: did. It was but, the smartest career movie he could have made. Oh, yeah. Let's be honest there. I mean, he was almost getting phased out of WCW by 91. Right. And he comes to the
1: WWF and he is a huge deal.
2: Doing the whole thing
1: with the NWA belt. Awesome. I mean,
2: that was so cool. The man that owns
1: this belt is the real champion, Rick Flair. That was a really cool moment. And it was there was something like confusing, but in a good way. Like it was <laughs> so like, what the hell's going on here? What is that belt? If you're like the if you're a yeah. hardcore WF fan, you got into it with Hulk. Right. You don't know what that is, and you're like Man, that's that's interesting. Like this guy looks like he's something.
2: Like yeah. I I'm, maybe I've never heard of him before. Right? You know. I mean, hell, they did put the world title on him, but again, I have to bring it back to Hall Nash. But I'm going to throw a more a little bit later one out okay. for you. Chris Jericho to WWF. That in was August. a big one.
1: That was a big one because Jericho was just coming off. He really was like I think personally one of the best things in WCW at that point in time. He had been for about a year or two, yeah. It's a, he had to kind of be there, like it was. He was good. It was weird, right? Yeah. and and he was so popular. The whole when he brought in ralphus and like <laughs> like I loved ralphus Yeah, but he was like kind of unbeatable too. Like he no one. Like, could, yeah, it was he was a pain in the ass. He could too. always squirm his way out of uh, shit. Yeah, he was just like really awesome, funny. You know, I came out here on Nitro Ski Avon and I said I respect Bill Greenberg. And then he comes to WWF, and he treats this debut like it's the biggest deal, like in so the world, good. and so the rock good. and the rock's right there to meet him there.
0: Welcome to Raw, is Jericho. What is your name? I told you it my... doesn't matter what your name.
2: That was August of 1999, yeah. and that was... I saw that happen last Me too, yeah. yeah. That was the... Fu- not a final nail in the coffin, but that was like a big middle finger to WCW. Yeah. It was like, look what we have, and look who we f- are putting him up against on the mic yeah. from day zero. <laughs> it was unbelievable. The, the dream mic match. I was like salivating for Chris Jericho to come to the WWF. awesome. Like, I still have to say, though, if we're going to be fair, Hall and Nash is... What, oh, yeah. I, okay. what, you know what, though? Let's, let's just... Why don't we do this? I think
1: Hall and Nash can go in now. But what about Hogan, WWF, uh, WCW also? Yeah. We'll save that
2: till the end, but the uh, Hall and Nash has got to just... We got to get that in just so it's in. But, Quinn, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. If Hall and Nash jump, but they don't have Hogan as their third man, do they still have the same impact? It didn't matter. The fans... They didn't care who
1: the third man was. You ultimately. don't think? They, it was a bigger surprise that it was Hogan, but it could have been Sting. Sting yeah. It, it, like, it could have been anyone. It was the, holy you, shit, look at these WWF guys here. Like that, You think? Yeah, it's the same effect of Flair coming in with <sighs> the NWA title. Like, it's the same kind of thing. They, to me were what was cool. The Hogan thing was like a big exclamation point on top of it. It was like, you really think damn, huh? you think like, it yeah. still
2: would have worked. Yeah, it could have worked. They still turned the, the tide. They still win. The ratings war for two and a half years. They were so hot when they came
1: in and yeah. they, they let that burn just long enough. All right. And it was perfect.
2: I'll, I'll give it to you, but yeah. I'm very, it's gonna be very hard to convince me that Hogan jumping to WCW shouldn't be on there either. Well, maybe there's two other slots. Maybe it will be. So So for number two, Hall and Nash, Spring of 96. What else do we have, though, that's really a serious contender? Anything else? I got
1: one for you. Yeah. Because of the impact it had on WCW by them jumping ship. Right. Voldemort, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero. Oh, yeah. And Perry Saturn.
2: January 2000.
1: gutted WCW that was a
2: huge blow to
1: WCW all at the same time Uh, to me at the time Saturn was he was coming off a really good run he was actually like an integral part of the mid card at that point he
2: it's he phased out in WWF to be fair 98 to two thousand seven or ninety eight ninety nine 99 Saturn in WCW was awesome. Yeah. You're he, right. Yeah, he was good. He came onto his own. Yeah. Malenko was good, always respected. Oh, I love Malenko also. Cruiser,
1: like the, the big cruiser. He was the cruiserweight division to me. He was yep. the consummate champion.
2: And Eddie had had a really good heel run mm-hmm. at that point. And Chris Voldemort was what he was. He was the crippler. You know, yeah. he was a great wrestler. And, Tough but, to beat. But I think the real story here is all at the same time. Four of the most well regarded. WCW wrestlers, the ones perceived to be being held down. And they hadn't even made it to their apex yet. And here WWF is, they just pick them up and they
1: start pushing all of them.
2: Mm. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. geez. Mm-hmm. That is a good one. Yeah. But does it beat Flair to WWF? Does, I I, okay, does it? I
1: don't know if it beats Flair because of the fact that that's like their headliner, right? They lost their headliner. They um, did. However... What's worse is losing the headliner that, you know, you still have Sting and Luger and stuff is something to to hold you over, right? Yeah. But what's worse than losing the middle of your
2: card? No, oh, there's a big chunk of the mid card. Yeah. But what's better than getting Hulk Hogan in 1994 when he's still one of the most viable, the most viable. Name yeah. I in mean, wrestling. it's hard to argue, right? I think we have to put that on. Do you have, now, any, do you have any other ones? Well, I want to be fair here. Yeah. To be fair, that wasn't a straight jump. What? Hogan to WCW because he had left WWF in the summer of 1993. Yeah, the WWF had already adjusted. I mean, not well. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, AWA to WWF, that was a jump, right, for Hogan. Yeah. Hall and Nash, that was a jump. Right. They literally went from WWF to WCW. The Radicals was a jump. Yes. Hogan took almost a year off.
1: Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He did Thunder and Paradise. Yeah, He's doing other things.
1: The people thought he was retired. I mean, the so general we, the general person did. So we don't count that. That's not
2: really a jump. That's is it? I mean, you could rationalize it that okay. way, it's still it it's, a it, jump. Is, right? it it's still a jump. Hogan was WWF yeah. Yeah. even up to the day he signed with WCW. Mm-hmm. All right. Then it has to go in. It has to go in, Quinn. Okay. Without Hulk Hogan. In 1994, WCW would have been great as a wrestling company, and people would have really liked it. Yeah, but it would not have ever become what it was, and I'll stand by that. It would have not become what it was, it but wouldn't it, have. it
1: also wouldn't have become what it was with Hogan alone. That's the that's why the, that's the outsiders are, are, there. are
2: more important to me. But it was a situ- yeah, and they're in already. But it was a situation where you had Hogan needed to be there first. Right. He did need to be there.
1: It's kind of like when a team, right? Like in any sport. They get a big star, but not the, well, in this case, they got the biggest, or they yeah. get the biggest star. One or the other. You build the team around you that star. build the team around the star. The,
2: that star is what brings the other stars in. Yes. Because they want to play with that star. Exactly. And yeah. I think that we have to be fair here. Yeah. Hogan to WCW was a career move for him. Yep. Because he had that life out of his career that he wouldn't have had. Okay. And it made WCW really be a primetime real life player. Yep. I mean, it did. Yeah, it made it where the big boys played. It truly did. So for number, <laughs> for number three, Hogan 2 WCW in 1994. <laughs> you know what? The more I think about it, the more I think we need to put Chris Jericho on, and I'll tell you why. He would have never been. He's very well regarded now, right? Yeah. Extremely well regarded. I don't like him as much as a lot of people do, but that's just me. That's okay. Yeah. Very accomplished, very talented, still a big name.
1: What did that He would have never been that. No, but it's not like it was a dagger in the heart of WCW to lose Chris Jericho.
2: No, but it was a huge boon to the WWF, don't you think? <laughs> sort of. Was, I guess it was mainly a boon to Chris Jericho's career, right? Right, and they took way too long. You're right. They, they blundered. Okay. okay, this is where they... Go ahead.
1: I just want to say this. They blundered this because he was so hot, right? And they turned him face. In 2000. Right, and it was good that they turned him face. Beautiful. And then that whole nonsense with Triple H where he wins the belt. Like, if!
2: Yeah, and Earl Hefner gets bullied into giving if. it back. You don't make fun of me now, Maurer.
1: The crowd like uh, popped like it was
2: WrestleMania or yeah, something. Man. Like it was unbelievable. That was a wonderful. That was a wonderful segment on Raw. That yeah. whole episode. That whole thing. Yeah, that was a credit to everyone involved. Yeah, Triple H too. It yeah. was gr- what a good memory. Yeah, it uh, really is. But you're right, though, Quinn. He always was kind of, to me anyway, underwhelming. After that, because they didn't use him right. They didn't give him the belt when he needed it. Yeah. They gave it to him in 2002. It was too late. It was a little too late. And then the dog. Yeah. Remember, he ran over Triple H's dog? Yeah, yeah. That was the crux of their feud. Yeah. At WrestleMania. Lucy. Lucy? (laughs) (laughs) You know what, then? It's either the Radicals or Ric Flair, I think. Oh, you know what? Bobby the Brain Heenan. (laughs) I mean, it was fantastic. AWA to WWF, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, to WCW, that was garbage. No. We wouldn't have all these memories of Bobby Heenan. <laughs> say something good about Nikolai, right? You're always saying derogatory things about everybody.
0: Can you Does ever it... say anything positive about somebody? The sisters, uglier than him. How's that? I'm, I'm not ready for this. I'm...
1: Bobby was, was kind of the underrated. He kept the promotion going in a weird way. He did. He was always the guy, you know, jabbing at the faces. Mm-hmm. And Bobby was like the engine of the company.
2: He was. He He was like the carburetor. He yeah. just kept the, the car running, you know? And he did that from 84, 85 until yeah. 93. Right. And because of the jump that he made when he did, yeah. he was able to be as effective as he was. Let's say he holds out, and yeah. he doesn't jump until 1988, 89. Too late. WrestleMania 3 has already passed us by, if there's a WrestleMania 3. Yeah. You know, if that main event happens... Right. Yeah. He was a promoter, honestly. Yeah. It, it, not like he literally. A, he was also an attraction in a way. He in was a weird an attraction. way. People wanted to see his ass whooped. They wanted to see him get his ass kicked, and they loved to hate him on commentary.
1: I just don't think it's. I don't even think it's in the book of Flair going to WWF. Really? Like, yeah. It's not big. It's big, but it's like under the radar big. Honorable mention. Yeah. Honorable mention. So who do we got? Let let we gotta stop serious contenders. At, yeah,
2: serious contenders. To me, Flair and the Radicals. I don't think Oh, the Radicals really. Yeah, okay, I and, don't think Raven. Yeah, is uh, the Radicals was more like a negative for WCW than it really was a positive for yeah. WWF. Whereas,
1: but you're for, you're kind of also forgetting you're, you're you're getting lost in the idea that Eddie died and ben died and all and all this crap that happened afterwards. Yeah, I know. Those guys were world champions. Like. I know. Those guys were were. pushed to the moon. They were... were,
2: The two of them were. Yeah. Two of them were. Malenko and Saturn didn't do dick. Well, Malenko was getting ready to retire anyway, but nobody really knew. Killed Mike Bell, and then he had a mop. Yeah. Uh, Remember? (laughs) That's what happened. He beat up a jobber, and then they gave him the moppy gimmick. Harry Saturn took one maneuver
0: from Mike Bell, and that was all it took to set him off.
2: Yeah. (laughs) That's what happened to Saturn. Yeah. Uh, But obviously, Voldemort and Malenko were... Or not Malenko, Voldemort. Voldemort and Guerrero were yeah. huge. Yeah. And would have, you know, both continued to be huge. Yeah. Flair, here's the thing. Flair, I think, still qualifies as the, the biggest one because at that time in 91, that would have been like Hogan going to WCW. Yeah. It was the yeah. main guy of the rival company going to the competition. Right. I uh, Hold on. I'm sorry. I got two more for you. Just because
1: this is a really, this is an interesting topic. It's very intriguing. Um, would you count a jump from the indies to the WWF a jump? Because we're talking an indies where you know, there is saying. no competition. You're because,
2: going CM Punk or Daniel
1: Bryan. Yeah, no, because I those can't guys, pick of them. Well, my point is is that those guys were cornerstones of Ring of, of Honor. Ring of Honor. They were co- they were sure. cornerstones, yeah. and they chose not to jump to TNA, which is interesting. Also, why would anyone go to TNA? I st- well, at, when I they
2: get baffled when, when people go there. But
1: Joe, when they were jumping, when they were making TNA their decision, at least a TNA thing. was a viable option, you mean making like making money at least. Like, think about it. Had they gone there yeah. with a Samoa Joe over there at the time? Yeah, Joey Samoa. and and Kurt Angle. Like, maybe you know something would have happened. It might it it might have TNA might have not been a joke
2: that it is now. Uh I I beg to differ there, but I don't I'm, know. I'm just saying. I'm just I'm not, saying. I'm not calling that a jump. Okay, it's an acquisition by Vince. It's Vince just signing talent. Okay. That's what, kind of what the indies are there for. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's just a matter of like they
1: chose. They chose to in the go modern to WWE, era. Yes. Like you're not going to get real jumps anymore. So you're going to get guys choosing to go with TNA or WWE. Yeah.
2: Most are going to choose WWE yeah. or stay yeah. on the indies. You right. know exactly. I would have to say Ric Flair, because. What it did for him was give his career a refresher that it needed. Yeah. It gave him some exposure that he would have never had. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, yeah, he would have never had that exposure up because, north, at least. Yeah. Up north, yeah. Because WCW in 91 was not it WWF. Wasn't, it wasn't JCP
1: in 88. Or
2: no, exactly. Or it was a different playing field. And it gave him an audience. It gave him MSG. It gave him a world title run. It gave yeah. us one of the best Royal Rumbles ever. Okay. Yep. And Ric Flair, it's got to be it it just his career wouldn't be complete without that run. Yeah. Whereas the Radicals, it was a big deal. Don't get me wrong. Gutted WCW. It was a big um, punishing blow to WCW. Yeah. But ultimately, WWF would have still been just fine if that didn't happen. Yeah, They would have. Yeah. And um, I just think that they needed Flair in 92. Yeah. And Flair needed them in 92. And it worked out great for everyone involved. So for number four, Ric Flair. Well, Donnie had requested that we uh, continue to recap, if you recall. So here we go. We have Hulk Hogan from AWA to WWF for number one. We have Hall and Nash in 96 to WWF or from WWF to WCW. We have Hogan To WCW in 94. Hogan made it twice. Uh, Rare. As he should. And Flair from WCW to WWF in 91. That is the best. And I'm going to give you one of the worst, Quinn The Butcher. Ed Leslie oh, Brutus the Barber This is the evil Counterpart To Hogan Jumping to WCW <laughs> in 94 He took Stinky ass Dizzy Hogan With him Ed mm. Boulder Whatever you want To call the guy The man with no name The Zodiac What the f- Business Did that guy have <laughs> Being there Headlining Starcade 94 Well you know What confused me I thought his face
1: Fell off in a Parachuting accident Or whatever <laughs> uh, And he was like He could only host the show
2: or whatever <laughs> and he's like a lady about it yeah no <laughs> don't touch me like he, he stunk yeah Come on. he was one of the worst jumps quinn it was bad
1: um but i got one for you You can volley go ahead Yeah, i'm gonna volley because it's in the same vein yeah the nasty boys to wcw oh late 93 yeah uh, from could, wwf you know what that gave us pity city and you know, um hardcore champion knobs and many <sighs> other things
2: yeah knobs never went the hell away didn't he <laughs> yeah, he was just there forever <laughs> what the hell he was employed by them I think until they went out of business like I swear I think he was because then they did that fucking remember the him and Jimmy Hart promotion where they're like yeah, yeah baby no pre-Madonna's yeah. oh yeah that crap no more
0: pre-Madonna's
1: WXWF W-XW, or yeah, whatever like some shit
2: like that oh god how about this one what Bret Hart that one was bad to WCW it was bad because it didn't meet any of the expectations. Like, yeah, from every single angle, it was bad. From a fan point of view, from a promotions perspective, right? For WCW, he didn't do what they wanted them to do. They gave him so much money, yeah, and they—that well, was their fault. They wasted. Yes, it, it. was. And from his point of view, yeah. it, it, he didn't get anything out of it that he wanted to. It was very sad. Yeah, it was a very bad move. Yeah. All levels for everybody. Of course, WCW cocked it up because that's what they do. Yeah. And it wasn't like Brett. I don't think Brett thought
1: that it would end up that bad. Like, it's not like he was like going there to stink on (laughs) purpose. Like, (laughs) he wasn't
2: like, you know, I'm going to go there and sabotage the WCW. Uh, No. Yeah. It was not like that at all. No. He really thought. As much as he would have stayed with Vince, from what he says, Vince really encouraged him to take this deal for the money. He really thought he would have a few years there, have a good career, help WCW, then retire. Right. And it, obviously, in hindsight, it was a horrible idea because of the Goldberg kick. Right. But before that, by February of 98, his career was fucked. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> like the day he debuted, it was fucked. Because of the accounting thing <laughs> yes. or whatever.
1: Here's the thing. They had literally the hottest commodity. The Like the month before, he got screwed by the owner and like spit in his face and all this stuff. They're like main rival. And they fucked it all up. How did they do this? I don't like, how? I it's unbelievable to me.
2: Wasn't he also the ref for the Larry Zabisco eric oh. Bischoff match? Oh, God. He was. Yeah. It was. It was bad. Can we put him in as number one? Because yeah. it doesn't get worse than that. No, it doesn't That's- get worse. Yeah,
1: okay, Brett. What did right things a lot in his career? Yes, he did, and a lot of people like to compare him to his peer Sean Michaels. Yes, right? of course. And I gotta say, this seemed like some like below Bret Hart. Like this seemed like what? I'm surprised Sean didn't do
2: this. I know, I'm serious. right? seriously. Like, yeah, like I'm serious. This was really bad. Yeah, I would like to say this is number one. Yeah, in terms of jumps, because it made a splash for about a day, about like a pay per view <laughs> until the end when they. I know that up too. they wasted Bret Hart. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, it's really crazy. That'd be like WWF getting Hogan in 84 and putting him on the lower card. You know? Yeah, they totally fucked up Bret Hart. I would like to say number one. You with me? Yes. For number one, Bret Hart to WCW 1997. Die, die, die. What about the public enemy? To where? WCW? Because I
1: say this because Eh. they were like. Really good in EC. like they were like heel, awesome champions. They were the Dudley Boys before the Dudley Boys. The reason nobody remembers them is because WCW turned them into a cartoon, jokey bullshit tag team. They could have been so big.
2: They could have been, but WCW, yeah, they did blunder them.
1: Yeah, they They did. When they left at the time, yeah, like everyone thought that was like a home run, right how could they fail? They're like, everyone was afraid of them. They were, they were the big, bad ECW team and they, they were
2: really violent. They were the real thing, you know? True. They were a big deal and WCW had them job to the Nasty Boys a real lot. Right. But that would go back to your whole idea of putting the nasties on. Right. Also. But actually, I think Public Enemies a yeah. worse blunder because these guys were
1: younger. Yep. You know, they knew what they were doing. Right. And they could have been a big deal and WCW just, again, they just, what they do? They just job them out. And, <laughs> that's what they do? And then they start wearing like stupid outfits. Yeah, a big and problem with yeah. their outfits. Yeah, yeah It outfits. was just weird. I like I'm I, sorry, I don't know. I just I feel like that one is really up there for me because I just remember <laughs> thinking of Public Enemy like as such a joke, and I would always wonder like what happened to these
2: guys. I don't know. That's that's I guess I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. not that big a deal in the long term, though, is it? No, it's it's, but it's to their careers. It was a big deal yeah, to them. Okay. Like you know
1: what I mean? It, no, it's, it's It screwed
2: them up. It's fair. It's fair. What about like Jeff Jarrett? Like no matter what, wherever he jumped, <sighs> he just always sucks. I put Jeff Jarrett in the class of
1: someone else who's probably had a worse jumping back and forth. Who's that? Goldust.
2: Yeah, same because, deal. Remember he went to like WCW and he had that white. 7-Dust, yes. 7-Dust. <laughs> yes. Then back and forth, yeah. And what about Lex Luger to the WBF? <sighs> See you June 13th, <laughs> <laughs> If you really think about it. I mean... He main-evented Super Brawl in 92. To be fair
1: to Lu- this this jump here, yeah, Luger was going, he was earmarked to be like the Hogan replacement. I don't think that that was such a bad jump for him. And I think
2: it only made it better when he came back to WCW. All right, that's fair enough. I am still standing behind Brutus the Barber beefcake to WCW in '94. That was horrible. He yeah. main evented Starcade, Quinn. Yeah. That's their biggest pay per view of the year. And they, after that, it, it was it was all downhill from there. Booty Man,
1: Zodiac, Zodiac,
2: all that shit. He main evented Starcade. What about Earthquake to WCW? It's not as offensive, but it still pisses me off. <laughs> Avalanche, yeah, it's and another the shark. One. That's the shark, worse. yeah, I know the shark, Kamala, all those guys yeah. that jumped, yeah. Buffcake left <laughs> WWF exactly when he you
1: Buffcake because it, it was just it was offensive. It, it, well, why is he in the main event of the biggest
2: pay per view of the year? Exactly. Yeah. All right, number two, Buffcake, yeah, Brutus Beefcake from WCW to WCW in 1994. Die die die. You know what? Another one is this is more cerebral, but I think it actually does qualify. Okay, Russo and Ferrara to wcw in 99 oh man yeah that's a jump right it counts
1: counts and it it uh it's kind of what took wcw down the toilet really i mean yes it is it was the final nail in the coffin now we've Um, spoken
2: we said we can't blame them for trying yeah it's not a
1: horrible idea on paper but if you don't police the guy Mm. like you know, yeah, he's, he's he's even used to being placed. Like you yes. know what I mean. Like it's not like he was supposed to be untouchable or anything. I don't think he expected that. No, I don't. And think he would so complain either. when they would
2: they would impede him. Right. You know, Russo and Ferrara tried to, and we've talked about this, folks. That was the head writers for the WWF. You know, yeah. um, and they left in October of ninety nine. Right. And basically, what they did is they tried to turn around WCW's you know flailing ratings. Yeah. By making WCW. A very bad version of WWF. A very bad version of it.
0: Well, there ain't nothing
2: natural about this woman, Medusa. Yeah, horrible. And it did not work. Uh, They were out the door within a few months, and Russo eventually came back in the Mm -hmm. spring of 2000 with Bischoff. It was a whole horrible thing, too. Honestly... I'm okay with Vince Russo in the WWF, but only that ever. And yeah. that's the only successful thing he really ever did do. Yeah, And he'll admit it. i I sure it too. he'll admit it. Yeah. But that was a bad move for WCW. It was a bad move for his career. It was just bad in general. What do I, you think?
1: That one's really good. Okay, And I think that that's probably going to be in consideration. But here's one a lot of people like to get on tugboat slash uh oh, yep yep shock master
2: to shock master yeah if only because he ruined the entire rest of whatever career he would have had he literally his career was ruined with one trip yes like, one trip over a two by four that david crockett put there <laughs> sorry i love david <laughs> crockett but he messed up if you never heard of this folks you probably have but we have to do it justice here so <laughs> so first of all okay <laughs> real quick because probably the only time we'll ever get to really discuss this whole thing in detail yeah so if you listened a few episodes back we reviewed a wrestling spotlight and tugboat was on it yeah with his hulk hogan wrestling buddy now tugboat was played by fred ottman who seems like a very nice man yeah he later was named typhoon yep yeah he then turned heel he became typhoon he teamed up with earthquake in 1991 somewhat successful successful tag team big fat guy tag team we love them um not like because they're good wrestlers just lovable fat guys right yeah they're fun. They won the tag titles, brief run, whatever. So in 1993, Earthquake leaves and then Typhoon lingers around throughout the spring. Yeah. All of a sudden in the, um, the fall of 1993, uh, in advance of war games, <laughs> Psycho Sid, or at the time Sid Vicious, is feuding with uh, Sting. Yeah, and the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith, and who the hell ever else? I remember was there? like
1: Harlem Heat was in their there? like
2: early attire yes. was there, and their names were Kane and Cole at the yeah. time. And uh, but anyway, so Sting and and Davy and whoever their third guy was, mm-hmm. we're gonna have their fourth man, and he was gonna shock the world. Sting says, "Oh yes, he was because he's a shock master."
0: Our partner is going to shock the world because he is none other than the shock master.
1: He's the shock master, and you want to explain what yeah. the uh, shock master was wearing? Sure. So he comes out
2: of this exploding wall. Right.
0: The <laughs> I told
2: you. Yeah. With a big woolly vest. And like sweatpants or jeans or something. Yeah. And before we get to really see that attire, something happens. <laughs> he falls over. First of all, he's got a glitter painted stormtrooper helmet. Yeah. On. Like
1: from Star, like the
2: actual literally. Star Wars one. Yeah. But with glitter on it. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Probably
1: to avoid some kind of copyright. I,
2: that's <laughs> what I always assumed. He looks like a creator wrestler. Yeah. But literally. like from Warzone. Yeah. <laughs> where you can't do that much. Yep. So he trips over this board. His helmet comes flying <laughs> off. You can clearly see it's Typhoon. Yeah, it's live, I believe, too. It's live, it's, yes. It wasn't sound like Clash
1: of the Champions. So it, yes, it was. Because yeah, so. this wouldn't have aired otherwise, yeah. right? Even
2: WCW yeah. would have Even WCW would have known, yeah. So he t- <laughs> He puts his helmet back on, dusts himself off, he stands up. He's a pro about it, I'll give him credit, yeah. He he looks like a big idiot. Yeah. And Oldie Anderson, who was somehow still employed in 1993, (laughs) I don't know why. Yeah. He's like, "Mm, you want a piece of me, (laughs) Stid? You want a piece of me? Come and get me. Come after me, Stid. I'm the Shockmaster and you want a piece of me? Come get it. It's like the worst fucking promo it's like anyway. It's voiceover. Yeah, so even if Typhoon hadn't have fallen, you have this horrible-ass voiceover to and not, begin with. Not
1: to mention, not, so some of the wrestlers are <laughs> laughing. Bulldog's
2: like, he fell on
1: his ass. <laughs> yeah. He, fell, and he you, fell flat on his ass. And you hear some chuckling like in the background. And you hear
2: flair, which is where I get, oh God. <laughs> yeah, oh, God.
1: <laughs> oh God. Oh God. Oh God. He fell flat on his ass. Oh man like there's like seven different reactions it's amazing like the bulldogs just like is mean
2: about it yeah, it's like a fiddle on his ass <laughs> rick flair is like concerned and the only one playing it up to his credit is sid yeah he's like selling it like it's the worst wrestler to ever have. like he's scared of the shock master yeah sid is a pro yeah sid of all people <laughs> is the pro he's amazing yeah i don't care
0: you
2: are boss? i don't give a damn who you are but there's here's the thing he's never lived that down
1: yeah ever it's so bad they made an action figure like recently and in the box he's tripping (laughs) like he's upside down (laughs) (laughs) like like, Can we? That's the worst jump ship ever. <laughs> okay. Like, it's so bad.
2: So for number three, Typhoon, and then becoming the Shockmaster in WCW 93. Die, die, die. Okay, we have one more, Michael. We have uh, bread on there, we have Beefcake, yep. and we have the Shockmaster. What do you think number four should be? Uh, what about Vader? Vader. To uh, the WWF. It was really disappointing. Really was. Yeah. I don't think Vince ever truly got behind
1: him. No, he didn't. Um, he should have, man. It was upsetting because he was coming off <sighs> some great stuff in WCW. I mean, I know he went out on a low note against Hogan, but... Yeah, but still. Yeah, other than that. His run in general. He was, like, usually the most over <laughs> yeah. thing on the on the card. Like, we watched those papers. Yes! Views. Like, people are, like, cheering,
2: and he's a heel. Like, no, he's he, awesome. He's so good. And that series of matches he had against uh, Big Boss Man and WCW. And, and the natural Dustin Rhodes, too. Yes. And he also fought uh, Sting. He had some great shit with Cactus Jack. Yeah, everything he did was good. He was really good. Yeah. And WCW, I mean, WWF blundered him. Yeah. They really did. I yeah. cannot believe they screwed him up that bad. They started him out okay. He was
1: hurt from the beginning that was part of that's what started it he became i think he got a reputation
2: with Vince as unreliable because he was initially hurt and dangerous probably too because he was kind of stiff but they did do one thing with him that was really cool they did that whole gorilla monsoon angle no they gave him a strong start they did they did
1: but then they just kind of lost faith in him like i want to
2: say like after the final four he wasn't as big a deal anymore yeah pretty much and even that was like that was like a renewed push, the Final Four push. Yeah. Because after SummerSlam 96, he kind of languished for a while. Right. I don't think Sean really wanted to work with him that either. That was another thing. I know SummerSlam, there was problems. Whereas, whereas Sting and Vader had that the excellent like big man, small man matches, Sean could have even done better if he Shawn wanted could've. to. Sean could have. If he wanted yeah, to. Yeah, and
1: Sean was in his own mind at that point. And what are you going to do? Yeah, and think- he's a good guy
2: now, but at the time, oh, yeah. and he admits it. You know. Yeah, he, he could have really helped Vader out there, yeah. but... No one's thinking about helping Vader out in 96, so I no. get it. What about when the LOD, believe it or not, when they jumped from WCW mm-hmm. to WWF in 1990? This is a weird one for me. As much as you know I hate the LOD. Yes. like,
1: <laughs> But I think that they were treated well and they got over. I mean, oh, there was tons of kids with the the things. True. Like a crowd, like, it's weird because they could have been bigger.
2: Right, yeah. yeah. Like
1: I honestly think demolition was actually bigger than them. And W W F overall. Yeah, Yeah. you're right.
2: Yeah. What about this? Here's their counterpart jump in late '92: the Steiners to W W F. Yeah, that sucked. Like sucked. That was bad. They should not have never done that. I'm sorry. Yeah, they shouldn't
1: because have. the WWF was like their schoolboys or something. <laughs> like I, I hated uh, all of that. Yeah. And their music. Ding, like, ding, ding, yeah, it's ding. but it's like they're not threatening, right? Not it's all. like who cares? Who are these people? You're like, right. They were basically okay, Joe. Uh-oh. They were like. Furnace and Lafon in the <laughs> early 90s. It was like, who are these people? Like, I never got it. Uh, I can't argue with you. Like, when they were when they came back to WCW and stuff, they were fine again. They were great again. Yeah, but it was like, what? And they could put on good
2: matches, but it was just they were like, weren't like were a threat at all. They weren't. They yep. weren't used to their full potential. Yep. They were kind of wasted there. It was one of those things where they just shouldn't have done that. They just flat out should not have gone to WWF. I got one to WWF. Okay. And this is a back
1: to WWF situation. Yes. When the British Bulldog left WCW and went back to WWF
2: when he had the jeans and he was horrible. I would like to put that on, actually, because that was sad. (laughs) <laughs> it, Ugh, it always it was bad.
1: and remember his music was like ruff, ruff, ruff. Yeah. like it was so
2: <laughs> shitty, Joe. His jumps are never good. Actually, when he yeah. first went to WCW in '93, that was bad. Yeah, but then he came back and he was that was again. good. Yeah, but then when he went to WCW in '97, that was bad. Yeah, you know because he went with well Brett. that was out of protest. It yeah. was, and then when he went back to WWF, it was bad. Yeah, it, the, that was like the worst. That really was the jeans. Yeah, and the woof woof. Yeah, and the woof woof. Oh. Here's
1: one more. This Please. might be a, this might be a big one. Go ahead cuz he's a big guy. Yes. The giant to WWF. And I say that Yeah. because his potential was wasted. He was such a big deal in WCW. He yeah. immediately comes yeah. and they put him in a feud with Austin, but it's kind of like too soon and he doesn't really <sighs> do anything
2: F- fucking Riddle and Russo over there. Yeah. Because seriously, that type of fucking feud yeah. happens just say this once to get it out. He did The way he debuted is fine, right? Yeah, it was great. It's like clearly Vince set that whole thing up, right? That's fine. So kayfabe-wise, it makes sense. Yeah. They gave that match away before (laughs) WrestleMania 15, even. What the f*** were they thinking? (laughs) I don't understand it.
1: And this guy, like, to be fair to him, he was really a big deal. Yes. As far as jumps go... In the Monday Night War, like losing the giant was part like almost like a cornerstone. Like that he was kind of building to be what
2: Andre was. Yeah, well, and he that, was his son, Quinn.
1: Yeah, he was his son. But I'm saying, like, as far as that cornerstone attraction thing, WCW yeah. handled them fantastic.
2: They did. Like, they 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 handled him just right. WWF and you have said this many times, and I will always agree with you. Never knew how to book him. I don't know why they didn't.
1: I, I know he's doing stuff with Regal peeing on his leg and shit. Like,
2: and how many times did the dude turn heel, turn face, turn heel, turn face, cry? Right. Yeah. diaper comedy. Is he serious? What is he? <laughs> what is he? And that's later
1: in his career, but it started like fifteen years yeah, it started ago. Started that a long started. Time. Yeah, it started with the Regal peeing on him thing. That was a <laughs> long time ago. Yeah, yeah. He'd always just be like a non-factor in. Like like multi-man title yes! matches and it's like shouldn't he be like unbeatable like how did they w- fuck this uh, up yeah like he should like never
2: lose right and like he he should never get a title shot but he should never lose and here's the way i can put this folks and here's how i, th- I want to put him in as number four i'm gonna justify it for you yeah. folks at home if he had stayed with wcw until they closed he would a they would have He wouldn't have kept the company going, obviously, right? Like, he wouldn't have been the reason why... he just would have been an attraction. He would have been there the whole time, let's say, right? His career would not have suffered Mm -hmm. if he had come into WWF in 2001. Yeah. My opinion. It was too early. He... he, Because he... He was a world champion in 99. Why? Yeah. He should have just been unbeatable and then finally won the title. Right. In, like, 2000. And had, like, one reign ever. Once. Like yeah. Andre, like, never had the title except for the uh, tag tape championship. Yeah, jump. exactly. It they, should have been, like, the crowning achievement of his later career. Right. Yeah. Instead, he was, like, the ECW champion. He's been tag champion. Jerry Show, Show Miz. He's had 1,000 belts. Show thousand me the belts, money. Like,
1: and a million tag reigns. Yeah, like. like uh, can yeah. we? Can we? Can yes. we? He no. It, it's it's ridiculous. Like no-
2: it's ridiculous for number four, Big Show. Die, die, die. Uh, all right. Well, that's our Death Valley. There we have Bret Hart to WCW in ninety seven. We have Brutus Beefcake to WCW in ninety four. We have the Shockmaster to WCW in ninety three. But we also have the Giant Paul White, the Big Show to WWF in February of 1999 that's our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley for jumping ship let us know what you think folks if you have anyone that you think we missed if you disagree if you agree let us know you can do that by reaching us on Twitter at OVP podcast you can send us an email or simply go to the Facebook and let us know what you think but guess what we're going to jump ship and take a break (laughs) now when we come back we're reviewing something back after this We've joined the Shockmaster at his lunchtime break, and as you can see, he looks much different than he did at Clash of the Champions. A lot of times we go for the spectacular entrances in WCW, and we really had one, didn't we?
0: What? Well, uh, spectacular. Well, what can I tell you? I, I mean, here I am sitting back to this thing going to introduce me, right? right? I'm waiting out. There's millions of people. I know it's going in my head. My, hand, my hands are sweating. I got goosebumps, you know? And all of a sudden, people start yelling and screaming, boom, boom, all these explosions. I can't find the door to get out of the stage where I'm supposed to be. Boom, I made my old door. Fell down on my face. Hat falls off. What? Oh, man.
2: Hey, everybody's talking about it, okay? Everybody's talking about your entrance. And it was something special in itself. But what is also special in itself up that the fact that you have to go into the double ring cage war games the match beyond coming up on september 19th that's going to be a battle what a way to come into wcw
0: let me tell you something i may not be the most graceful person in the world you know yeah. but let me tell you something when i get inside that ring i mean business cody turns around to all the other kids and he says
2: i think that was uncle Fred." <laughs> Hey, it's Sean Mooney.
0: I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it.
2: And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us for episode number 56, Quinn. (laughs) Oh, God, you should see the look he's giving me. I have a headache just (laughs) thinking about what I just witnessed. (laughs) We're reviewing something, and uh, I have to apologize to my partner here. This was not a fan request, and the only reason was the one fan request we were going to do. We decided it might have been too good. (laughs) So I was like, you know what? Let's do something we haven't done before. (sighs) And after having done this, I um, profusely apologize to you, Quinn. (laughs) Joe? Yes? I know I always say this. Yeah? But this was terrible like this <laughs> this was bad
1: I, why did you do this to me i'm sorry i didn't know it would be this bad. i know sometimes we get good stuff but yeah. this is
2: like this is a fall from grace from mm-hmm. what we were dealing with the, the previous week well i'll be honest with you i had never seen anything in full by this promotion what this promotion is folks today and this is actually good timing it, this wasn't on purpose it's one that we didn't mention when we were talking about ecw Smoky Mountain and USWA and you can probably understand how I forgot Yeah, <laughs> this was the global wrestling federation um, mm-hmm. that doesn't sound cheap yeah what a what a knockoff <laughs> yeah I know right it's just an, everything about it is a knockoff it is Um, you know you remember the AWF was very knockoff yeah. in the
1: mid 90s that was even more knockoffy I would yeah. say this is this is more of a knockoff of like anything
2: Jim Crockett did prior to the sale kind of yeah so what this is folks if you hadn't ever heard of the global wrestling federation in the GWF it was founded in the spring summer of 1991 by Max Andrews and Joe Petticino. more on him later <laughs> and this was kind of the replacement in, in spiritual successor to the world class uh, promotion because it took place in Dallas it was mm-hmm. based out of Dallas and they ran shows from the Sportatorium which was known as the <laughs> Global Dome Ridiculous <laughs> Isn't a sportatorium like a dump? Yes, it is a dump.
1: It's nothing that would entail having a dome. No. Like a dome (laughs) entails like
2: it's, you know, the Hoosier Dome. The Tokyo Dome. The big dome. Yeah, the big dome. Something big. (laughs) Right. Is my point. And basically it ran from 1991 to 1994 and it had something that a lot of other small promotions didn't. It had a cable television time slot when on ESPN well I'll tell you what that's about all it had because <laughs> it has nothing else of worth and there were some some notable stars this show somehow is not evidence of a lot of the good names that there were to be later, we don't really get many of those because what we're doing here is GWF Major League Wrestling, and this is the best part, mid-August 1991. Yeah, no date. No, we don't know when. Well, I'm, I'm glad they didn't tell us because I really don't care. <laughs> so Jim Cornette Jr. here takes us um, in a cold open. I guess his name's Craig Johnson. I never heard of him. He's like pasty Cornette. Like He's is. so
1: pasty, but he also, like, I hate him. Like he's there. He looks like somebody I should be booing.
2: Get ready for major league wrestling action today on SuperCard. Hello, everyone. I'm Craig Johnson. We're four seconds in, and Quinn already hates this. I, I know I, it. I hate it. You could just tell already. Like he
1: looks like a heel. Like he, he looks like
2: a heel manager. He looks slimy, and he's like dweebly. Like <laughs> watch this shit. <laughs> <laughs> that shit that he wants us to watch is another promo, and it is uh, him with Scott Hudson. Yes, the Scott Hudson. Yes, not bald yet. <laughs> With uh, Gary Young, Jeff Gaylord and the Renegade Warriors.
1: Who's who? I, like, Who are these? Joe, who the hell are these
2: people? Okay. I'll just, I'm
1: serious. Okay. Like, who the fuck are they? Okay, let me briefly
2: explain. Well, the uh, Renegade Warriors are um, Mark and Chris Youngblood. You might have heard of the Youngbloods before. Uh, I've heard of them. They suck. Okay. And then Jeff Gaylord is probably best known to the WWF fans as the Black Knight from Survivor Series 93. <laughs> That's the best he's known as? He was a, a Memphis star I think as I've well. I've seen him job on like superstars or something before yeah and he was just a memphis guy a territory guy and then gary young i'll be honest i'm not going to even pretend to know i don't know much about gary young Mm -hmm. other than he has a mustache great
1: i've got help behind me too they were a little bit late but it'll never happen again this promo is horrible. Like, it's, it's bad. <laughs> it is. This whole it's thing. I don't babbling. know what they're saying. There's a guy like, I, I don't even, because I still don't know who's who. Right. Like, the guy with the crutch. Oh, Gary Young has a Gary crutch. Gary
0: Young, yeah. He's yeah. got crutches.
2: Yeah, he is he says awful. nothing. He's just like, ba 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 wrestling. Okay. And that's also what Jeff Gaylord says, except worse. Yeah. And I've got the Warriors behind me, and we make one of the most formidable six-man tag teams there is today. And then they're mad at Tatum and the Maulers. This is, I just need to tell you. Like Quinn usually gives things a little bit of a fair shot. He does. He he's pretty good with that. We're like two and a half minutes in and Quinn's already mad at me.
1: I I can't like I was like, can we change this? Like this is terrible. So I don't know who any of these people are. Like at least usually when you have a wrestling promotion, right? You say like, Hey, people have to know some of the people who are wrestling, right? Yeah. Other than, like, Bill Irwin later on, like, I've never heard of any of these. Why would I come to see
2: this? (laughs) Why would I turn this on? Well, maybe other people have heard of it, no? Okay. So we cut to Joe Petticino, who's fat and sloppy and the co-owner of this promotion, the co-founder. He throws to his wife. Oh, somebody somebody who's <laughs>
1: become famous on yes. our boards. And I swear people we didn't, Like I know this was a recent like really funny like thread on the yeah, boards about Bonnie back, yep. Blackstone and everything. Uh-huh. However, like I did not know she was involved in this.
2: I didn't either. I forgot that she
1: was. Yeah, so this is kind of amazing. Like kind of like the mascot of our yeah. message boards at this point, Bonnie. <laughs> Bonnie Brownstone, Blackstone, Blackstone that stone, that is, whatever. Yes. Yeah.
2: So he throws to her, and she's got like the red dress
1: on with the puppy dog hair. Yeah, so Bonnie, you know, is a woman of a thousand haircuts. She is. So this is just one. And there is a second one in this show as well.
2: You know, she really is the Dean Malenko of hairstyles. Yeah. A thousand of them. She's the lady of a thousand hairstyles (laughs) where he has the man of a thousand holds. Right. You know what I've noticed, Quinn? Mm -hmm. No one on this show has said anything important yet. Literally. Did you expect anything important? There's no one here
1: of importance. So how could they say anything of importance? Good point.
2: Let's go back to uh, Scott Hudson and Craig Johnson. You said to me, Quinn, Scott Hudson looks like a scared dentist. Yeah, I (laughs) I think that says enough. Sums it up. Just imagine a dentist scared. Okay, that's Scott Hudson. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Then we clip to some awful match that I'm glad we didn't have to see all of. It's got <laughs> like Jeff Gaylord and Young against I don't know Rip Morgan and someone. I guess it's Tatum. Two jobbers fighting each other basically. Yes, yeah. And the ring apron's red. That's the theme here. That's in okay. Global. It's fine. I don't have a problem. And, nope. and, the, and the the mat's red too. Yeah, the ring apron and the ring mat all yeah. red. Gaylord is dressed like the renegade. Great, not good, the ultimate warrior. Good for him. <laughs> He's got like the. He reminds me of the renegade here. And then Skandor Akbar is just wandering <sighs> around, all fat in a suit. If that's the best they can offer, is Skandor <laughs> Akbar. That
1: guy had like a modicum of fame at best.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. Like, a modicum like, is a good, like, a good amount. Like, and
1: he's like the veteran manager.
2: <laughs> he's their Bobby Heenan, basically. Yeah, it's like
1: what? <laughs> and his stable. And everyone's like, who is
2: that? <laughs> <laughs> and his stable of losers. That's the Four Horsemen. Yeah. of Global. Okay, F- and fucking who are they? I don't. The Maulers. I don't <laughs> you know. know. There's like literally two good things on this show, and yeah. one of them is the color man for this match clip. Yeah, and it is. Scott Levy, better known yes. as the guy we talked about a little bit earlier today, Raven or uh, Scotty Flamingo, Scotty Flamingo, uh, Johnny Polo, and in this promotion, the body, yep, and in this promotion, he's Scott Anthony. But yes. one way or another, he is. He, this is the best part of him: a commentary he's Johnny Polo on commentary he doesn't give a shit about this just like I don't give a shit about this but except he's like mocking how stupid it is and getting paid yeah which is pretty good Um, so anyway he's all happy because he's like fake Johnny Polo but he's being a heel Gary Young gets a hot tag and he just this guy looks like shit in the ring (laughs) then everyone runs in and like I was saying Raven here is just making a mockery of the commentary like he's like it's a Pier sixer it's going bananas yeah he's he's like
1: saying everything like you could possibly like some stupid phrase to like say that everyone's fighting like yeah. a million times. Oh, and
0: a brawl. It's all oh, breaking oh. down. It's a place nuts pair fans bananas.
2: What the hell am I watching? I don't know. What I do see here is Skandor Akbar with a wooden chair. Red, like a big red wooden chair. Not even a wooden folding chair like the no, balsa like ones. one
1: you would sit on at dinner. <laughs> like. Like at a restaurant or your living room. or Not your
2: living room, your 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 dining room. Exactly. So he gets a wooden chair, but Bill Irwin runs in. Now, Quinn, who is Bill Irwin? The goon.
1: There he is. exactly. Oh, the goon. (laughs) Oh, there he is.
2: (laughs) And uh, yeah, why not? Why not have Bill Irwin run in? So we cut to a promo now with Eddie Gilbert. He Mm -hmm. was, as we mentioned, Quinn, the uh, booker for ECW for a while. And believe it or not, he took over the booking of global at the end of 1991. So we're in August. About three or yeah. so months later, he took it over, which I could see why they would want someone to take it over. Well, they needed someone. That because, was like, decent.
1: They needed a body, literally a, a human being, <laughs> to book this, because I don't know if this was booked by anything. I think it was just the guys in the locker room just, okay, we're I guess do we'll this go out here, here now, yeah. we do
2: this, yeah. So his promo doesn't really again say anything he's like yeah the global dome's gonna be full in seven days because i'm coming back we don't know who he's fighting yeah he calls out the patriot yeah that guy's there and the simpsons see yeah who are the simpsons he's like the simpsons i'm gonna get the simpsons what it's like homer's coming marge bart and lisa oh homie so our next math here is uh steve dane versus Steve Cox. Too much Steve. Too like, much Cox. Yeah, too much Steve, too much Cox, too much
1: Dane. You. This is like rule number one of wrestling. You never have somebody with the same first name fight each other.
2: You shouldn't, unless you know who one of those guys right, are at or least. Or
1: you introduce them as just their last names if they have the same exact first name.
2: Now, by the way, Cox here, who kind of looks like a neon green, like teenage JBL, yep. he gets an entrance, but according to Quinn, he is definitely the shittier one. Oh, he looks dumpy. Like, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Way dumb. He looks
1: like JBL... Yeah, like basically, like JBL and like in um Shane Douglas's tights when he was like you know the Neon Warrior yeah. or whatever the fuck. What was and that when he when he was the skateboard baby? Like, dynamic dudes,
2: yes. yeah, that's it, pretty much. And then the other funny part of this, mm-hmm. speaking of Shane Douglas, is uh, Stephen Dane. He has the hair color, the whitish blonde, and the length of like nineteen ninety Shane Douglas in right. his WWF right. as so a it, jobber. It's the wrong hair on the wrong tights. <laughs> <laughs> so Craig Johnson here. <laughs> says the line of the night He says he thought he had good momentum Until he ran into his momentum
0: Thought he had all the momentum Going until He ran
1: into the Momentum Joe what the fuck Did you do here like showing this to me Like what the fuck is this Like is this a professional product
2: Yeah it who is. says that It's on ESPN So Dan's manager I must say Steve Dan's manager here is a fat guy In a glittery red Freebirds cape. Yeah. Named Christopher Love or something. Who even cares? But he carries himself... Like, age, adorable Adrian Adonis. Yeah, he's even got makeup on his eyes and stuff.
1: Yes. Like, it's the same
2: thing. And his name is Christopher Love, and I think probably no one ever heard of this guy ever again. No Dan one really this. loved him, apparently. <laughs> Thankfully, Dane gets, like, the corner pin with the f- feet on the ropes, you know, the flare pin for Mercifully. the win. Thank you, yeah. seriously. But let's come to our next match here, Quinn. It is the handsome stranger. <laughs> this, this, Vers- is the be- this is the best part of the entire show. It is. Know. It is. Versus Ken Stryker. Now, I need to mention here, I was quizzing Quinn on who this handsome yeah. stranger could be. It is Buff Bagwell in the Repo Man's Lone Ranger mask. I mean, I couldn't really tell to be to be, yeah, fair, to be like, fair. You, like, can. you can't, because his hair is like darker. And it's fluffier. Yeah. So as he makes his way down to ringside very slowly, he's kissing ladies' hands. Yep. He's got this awesome elevator music. Oh uh, yeah, you're gonna have to put that elevator. that music is awesome. It's so good. Yeah.
0: Making his way around ringside,
2: delivering roses to all the ladies. And he's hugging a bunch of people, just making his leisurely time. And he's wandering around ringside, you know, making the rounds until Scott Levy, <laughs> yes. dressed as a stunt granny, yep. attacks him <laughs> with a cane. Yep This just took a wonderful turn This little segment here Yep and He even has like Fake boobs on Like <laughs> under the dress Like it's
1: clearly like Like a cartoonish Size yes. Of big Bosomy You wanna know If your grandmother Was bosomy <laughs> Yeah Very like, matronly lady here And like It's like a dress That only a grandma would wear Absolutely Like it's insane And
2: he's so gleeful About yeah. this beatdown he How he like the tricked the him shit Out of him with the cane <laughs> It's so good Yeah So we never get to see that match against uh, Ken Stryker. But maybe, I, it's, this is worth it. Maybe we'll see Stryker later. I don't know. So anyway, as he's killing Bagwell in the ring with a pile driver, the refs, one of whom looks like Dave Meltzer, mm-hmm. and I mean that too. Yeah, like, he looks a lot like him. Match.
1: This is weird because they're acting like it's despicable but it's, it's just funny. goofy as hell looking. yeah it's it's fun yeah it's, yeah, it's
2: insanely <laughs> stupid it's beat him with a cane yeah and then we have our next promo here it is Craig Johnson you know the vampire Jim Cornette with the lightning kid who is apparently like X-Pac in 1991 yeah like so this is actually X-Pac just to clarify yeah the lightning kid sorry Sean Waltman one yeah. two three kid but he's giving a promo his voice is like uh, he's, like, Pac he's promo. talking how X-Pac talks
0: Craig let me Tell you something. I don't even know why you're calling
1: me the new champion. Yeah, because, he used to be like, "Hi, I'm the winning <laughs> kid."
2: Because <laughs> like, the thing is, right? If you hadn't watched Global, you're in the majority of people. Yeah. And um, I hadn't seen the kid. You know, I never saw him until 1993. Plucky underdog baby face, right, which yeah. he stayed until 95, 96 when he turned heel. Yeah, he's a big heel here. He's an asshole, and that's awesome. Yeah. He's good at it. He's mm-hmm. really good, and mm-hmm. he's the other really good part of the show, basically. So he's gearing up for this match today against. Chaz. Yes. I don't know who Chaz, Chaz is. I don't care who Chaz is. He sucks. So basically, Kid is like, I'm the light heavyweight champion. I can beat Chaz. And then I'm just gonna leave for Japan. Fuck this. By the way, there's this trend. They're always like,
1: everyone here has wrestled in Japan. Japan, Japan, Japan? Yeah, they, like, a
2: match. Yeah. I but mean, they're
1: acting like this whole roster's yeah. <laughs> been in Japan. Yeah,
2: like Bagwell's gonna go to Japan and be a big hit, right? Yeah, what a joke.
1: <laughs> like any of the any of those weird people in that like that big team with Scandar and <laughs> yeah, all that; it's like, awful. those are all terrible. <laughs> or wrestlers. The young bloods on their yeah. side. No, oh none of them would ever be in the ring with like Chono <laughs> no. or, or or like Muta Voldemort or even yeah.
2: Voldemort, they'd kill them. Jushin Liger, like, oh, get out you of kidding here! Me. Yeah, get out of here. So anyway, let's go to that match. We have this is Chaz. Yes, really. This is Chaz. Like like he stinks. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Hey! Versus Lightning Kid, they both have great. I'll give global oh, yeah. this great music. Oh,
1: it's the most like elevatory, like vapor wave, yeah. like like <laughs> just well really said. weird
2: music. Well said, Quinn. Now, Kid is awesome. He comes out. He's got a red like coat on, yeah, and red gear, and like it's a red version of his Blue Lightning Kid gear. From yeah, it's the same WWF, yeah. and he does like his air karate, yeah, <laughs> as a Hooters girl walks by in front of a very well-dressed old lady in the audience. So this has got me very confused. So first of all,
1: we haven't really said anything, but these Hooters attendants or whatever... Like, they're wearing Hooters shirts. Yes, they are. Like, it, That's not was as like, funny. Was there, like, a Hooters in the Sportatorium or something? Like, maybe, or something like that? Because And why are they at ringside? Like, why are they there? <laughs>
2: you have to get people in the Sportatorium somehow, right? And
1: then, the other thing is, like, I thought... I didn't know at this point that this was a Sportatorium. Right. So, I was like, is this, like, a casino? Like, why are certain <laughs> people dressed up
2: nice and certain people aren't? That's true. Like, what is going on here? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Kid's amazing. Al Borland is the ref. Uh, um, kid attacks yep. before the bell. I don't think so, Tim. So Chaz has tassels, and this is actually a pretty good match. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Finally, Scott Hudson talks. Like, I swear he hasn't even talked much oh, yeah. yet on the show. He just
1: looks like a deer caught in the headlights he really every does. time you see
2: him. And apparently, he was soon to be replaced, Quinn, by none other than bruce pritchard oh yeah, yeah. well bruce this pritchard is himself. major league wrestling so <laughs> <laughs> i mean somewhere conrad thompson is talking slow yeah oh man telling his everyone <laughs> welcome back so kid dominates for a while with his heel offense Chaz grabs a headlock works that for a while kid with a back soup play to escape kid blocks crucifix into a Samoan drop and does some karate about it like yeah. not to the guy i mean this is a decent match it, yeah it, no it's it, fine it's, this is probably the most
1: acceptable thing we've seen
2: yep no no complaints here Mm -hmm. Dropkick by the kid takes chaz outside and the kid goes all the way up top to the outside but he eats it on the way down because chaz moves Mm -hmm. russian leg sweep by chaz gets two back in the ring as quinn ponders that chaz could possibly be the worst wrestling name ever yes it's only been used by two people this chaz and the
1: other chaz (laughs) yeah and they both sucked and like I it's just think it's name. shitty. It's like, a bad name. It's just shitty, right? Like, why would I call myself Chaz? Like, how is that threatening? It's, it's like, ugh. I'm Chaz. Yeah, like, hi, I'm Chaz.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. It's like, what did he get back from the beach? Like, <laughs> Chaz. So Chaz misses a top rope elbow, and the kid loads up his boot, big kick to the face by the kid with the loaded boot, and he gets the win. So this is what he loads the boot
1: with, by the way. Basically, a marijuana <laughs> cigarette. Like, he just puts that in the boot, and it's I guess like when he kicked him he got the other guy got high and was like out of it for a second <laughs> and loaded he, and, stogie yeah, loaded stogie yeah <laughs> yeah. that's what it looked like didn't it, it? No, yeah, like that's paper. what he loaded it's,
2: it's like paper towels yeah like behind like already a bunch of padding like that's yes. nothing it's one of the best things about wrestling though yeah. Quinn as an art form is that you can literally use like the stupidest thing but if you tell the crowd that it's gonna yeah. hurt it just works I well, love what's that what's
1: interesting about it is like why even use like when you're getting down to like using a stogie yeah. in your leg or whatever right. why even why not just do the
2: Jerry Lawler which is like just nothing <laughs> yeah like, just pretend that he put something yeah, in there exactly. right true that's a good point so let's go to Bonnie Blackstone here and some kid in a windbreaker with different hair by <laughs> yeah, the way yeah she has different hair again yeah so this is clearly not live right not that we thought it was different hair different outfit and a kid in a windbreaker yes and she's basically asking this kid whose name is Brandon what he thinks of like <laughs> the lightning kid and Chaz what is this Are they <laughs> just <laughs> Ask the fans. Like but he's in like the, the promo center. Thing. Like not not like in the crowd. The, the best part is the kid. This this kid Brandon is like a heel. He's yeah. like I don't like Chaz. Yeah, I like he's like I like
1: the Lightning Kid. He's good and he's like trying to sound all smart, yeah. like he knows about wrestling. He's like good aerial maneuvers. <laughs> like it's like what? He has tremendous ability, and I hope he remains the champion. All right, and Bonnie playing it straight. God she's bless awesome, her. Yep. Like, she's uh, awesome. Man. Yeah, like she's, she's like, at, very good. Yeah, yeah very. Oh,
2: oh wow, that's very smart of you. Like you know, <laughs> Quinn. Let's cut to Craig Johnson again because we haven't seen enough of this guy's pasty face. Yeah, he's with uh, Akbar and Fake Orndorff.
1: <laughs> I just want to put like a thumbs down at Craig Johnson. He's the biggest heel in this entire squad. He yeah. Is yeah. Now- there's just there's really nothing. Like he's not doing anything that's heelish. Right. He just looks like an asshole. Yeah. Like, he, he, does <laughs> like he just looks like a shithead?
2: <laughs> so basically, Akbar says nothing important, yeah. which is a theme. When yeah. you said to I me mean, nobody knows who these other people are anyway nobody knows
1: who Akbar <laughs> is like I'm serious world
2: class is about yeah. it like the world class audience but not people watching on ESPN oh in like 2003 or whatever this is because by the way we didn't mention
1: yeah at the bottom of this the whole time is an ESPN classic scroll yes and and like There's half like the baseball sh- scores okay, so half the show me and Joe are trying to guess like <laughs> by like they're listing like Andy Pettit and like Dustin Pedroya. Dustin Pedroya and stuff like that we're like okay so this
2: has to be like like 07 yeah, or something, 08. like when this was like repeated. <laughs> yeah. That was more exciting, honestly, than yeah. a lot of this show. So, anyway, our next map here is is Chris Walker and Steve Simpson. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought there was more than one Simpson, first yeah. of all, <laughs> v- versus Tony George. Yeah, the Simpsons. Where's the rest <laughs> of his family? Where's Marge? <laughs> and Ken Stryker. So uh-huh. we do get to see Ken Stryker after Thank all. Thank God. So, Or, not, or maybe not. <laughs> yeah, let's find out. So apparently Walker and Simpson are somehow the tag champions. And I wanted to set the stage here. How did they win that on episode two? Like, <laughs> this is like the
1: second episode, isn't it? We're when very they, early.
2: When did they win this? I don't know. We're very early in here. Yeah. And um, I just want to set the stage. So Ken Stryker, the, uh, the elusive Ken Stryker. Yeah. He has nineteen eighty four Brutus beefcake tights. Yeah, it's like almost the same exact tights. Literally. White boots with the purple like like leopard print. It's yeah. literally possible that Ed Leslie was like, "Oh, I broke my face. You want my old tights?" Yeah, and sold them to this guy because his face was broken. Or by Or they 91. fell off his pants when the parasol like hit the <laughs> wall or whatever. And he's like, he like found him on the beach. He's like, hey, "What's this?" And then then he went to wrestle. I like that idea yeah. better. And he has a huge gut too. Like this guy does not look good. Yeah, looks like he's been <laughs> striking up a conversation with a cheeseburger. <laughs> so anyway, Walker is dressed exactly like Carrie Von Erich, except he's barefooted and two feet. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and Dave <laughs> is the ref for this match
1: A Match. why no. did anyone think this would succeed this is like mixing your action figures together it's like Donatello versus Batman like, like, who are all these people who are they Joe like, I'm serious like we could like get like Spider-Man And, like, Leon and (laughs) Kurt, like, a Three Stooges figure. Add, like, a Sheamus figure in there just to have some kind of wrestling. The Tin Man? Yeah. It's just, like, this (laughs) this promotion's like a toy box. And with, like, you have the lone wrestling (laughs) ring, but you don't really have a lot of wrestlers.
2: It's so shitty, Joe. Oh, my God. (laughs) So Steve Simpson tags in. And so does Tony George. <laughs> and uh, Simpson is also dressed like Texas Tornado. They should have been called the team of very
1: Von Eric. <laughs> like, seriously.
2: You know why they are? Because they're in fucking Dallas and they're trying yeah. to pander to the Dallas yeah, people. Yeah, the team of very Von Eric. <laughs> so then Craig Johnson again mentions uh, some new affiliates that have joined the Major League Wrestling Who Network. Who cares? Like, Put Gorilla in right now. Who cares? Who cares? Who
1: cares? Who cares? cares? Yeah, thank you, Gorilla. Who cares? Yeah, seriously. Who cares? Okay, three's enough. That's uh, that's rule of threes. Yeah,
2: rule of threes. (laughs) Like I said, somewhere Conrad Thompson is taking notes like, oh, maybe I can ask Bruce Pritchard about that and continue (laughs) to leech off of him and mortgages too. (laughs) So Walker gets the pin and then we go to Bonnie Blackstone, now in the crowd, talking to a fan. And she's teleported back into her, like, red red
1: with the flower. In her yes. hair, like, somehow her hair somehow molded Ugh. twice or
2: something, morphed or whatever. What is she? What, what is she? like Are they, like, literally sending her to, like, survey the fans to see if they like this shit? What do you think of this? Yes. Like, basically, like... Was Joe Pettisino, like, hey, Bonnie, <laughs> can you go to ask people I think of this. I don't know if I want to keep owning this shit or not.
1: Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Scott Hudson here is with Gary Young and Jeff Gaylord and they both suck at talking. Next up, we have Gary Young versus Wild Bill Irwin. Well, at least we got Wild Bill here. I like him. He actually is very good. Yeah. But apparently, when CM Punk took his tights from Gary Young. Yeah, like I of,
1: swear they're the same. You know when CM Punk's got the white in the front yep. with the three red stars and yep. then the blue like literally like on the other half on the back. Yes. With the
2: red stars also yes it's the same thing it is you're absolutely right those it's are like cm punk's actually tights.
1: cm punk's trunks <laughs> in like 1991 it's yeah. like was he trained by gary young like i don't know i would highly it's doubt like rocky it. like three or whenever <laughs> when like apollo
2: gives him the, the american trunks yeah, it's awful. Yeah. So Irwin, by the way, has a fantastic outfit here that looks like one of those notebook covers with the squigglies. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's pretty good, black and white. And uh, Dave Meltzer is again the ref for this match. Match. And yeah. uh, Craig mentions how Erwin did a bunch of sports in high school. Who cares? And like, rodeo. Yeah, great.
1: Well, I mean, he should. He is wild. Irwin. Like, that's true. They should have just said he only did rodeo. He, they should have said he had yeah. a rodeo
2: scholarship. Why did they humanize like, him? Yeah. Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. So they do this interesting spot. It's like a hip toss reversal where they keep going. Back and forth on trying to reverse each other's hip toss. Yeah, this is actually pretty good. But Irwin runs out of room and he falls out of the ring. Yeah, he gets <laughs> tossed over the rope yeah, and out of the ring. But if funny. this was Bill Watts, it would have been a disqualification. That's true. And Bill yeah. Watts would still be talking now. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, trying, nice drop kick by Gary Young. He goes up top but eats boot on the way down. The California stud who and John Tatum who <laughs> run out and beat up Gary Young who. So they're like. <laughs> now remember, if you remember, folks, earlier on we sh- we saw a clip where Bill Irwin made the save joe i swear to you yes. like that we
1: were watching the same thing and what i didn't get before right also we didn't note this but gary young was on crutches in the opening Earlier, thing. yeah what
2: and now, like, folks, how is
1: he wrestling
2: this isn't cut up either like this was one continuous television show right like this isn't like youtube like cut no. up stuff you know yeah. like a compilation they just i think didn't have their continuity down yet. It's horrible. It really like, is. it's really bad. So anyway, they're trying to get Bill Irwin to whip Gary Young, but we already know that Bill Irwin doesn't stand for that kind of shit because yes. we saw him make he, the save earlier. He, right, so they're, they're <laughs> what talking they about, like,
1: yeah, just go ahead with it. It's all. It's so stupid.
2: Because Craig Johnson calls this a interesting turn of events, but Quinn just says it's very consistent. It, it's a consistent <laughs> event. It's yes. a consistent
1: event. Nothing changed. He's still with Young. <laughs> right. What the hell? He, what did they, like... Th- think that if they did this again
2: oh yeah. it's gonna turn heel this oh, time because he was wrestling young so yeah. now they don't like each other it was what? like a, it was a friendly match yeah then nobody did anything <laughs> like, evil or no. anything so anyway in case you cared which no one does gary young won by dq right so, okay whatever yeah whatever so backstage craig again enough craig this guy's the backstage announcer the commentator his face is pasty enough with him
1: by the way have we mentioned the fact that there's like more staff backstage than like almost in the promotion yeah it's like bad. it's like bonnie Blackstone. Joe Pedicino. Joe Pedicino. Craig. Yes. Shitty Craig.
2: Yes. um uh, Scott Levy is Scott, a, a commentator. Scott, yes, Scott
1: Levy and Scott Hudson. And Scott <laughs> what Hudson. What the hell's going That's on?
2: That's five different announcers we've had in this show, <laughs> Joe. i sure you're right. It's insane. It's really bad. So, anyway, he's backstage with Wild Bill Irwin. And Bill Irwin says the law and order is coming. And he also says Dusty Road. What is he, like, the big boss man of this company? Yeah, but at least they're not pretending he's a cop. Cu- he's, like, a yeah. sheriff. Yeah, <laughs> like the le- 1880s sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe, this is terrible. Like, this is. is a terrible show. You're right, it is. Also, Bill Irwin's whip is named uh, Mr. Lash. That's, he's a lash man. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, we have a match here. It's Gaylord and the Warriors, the Renegade Warriors. Great. Versus Tatum and the Maulers. You're right, When They have like 11 wrestlers in this company and five yeah. announcers. That's 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 the company. Yeah. It's like 16 we've people. We've seen
1: all these people already. I've seen more
2: people than that at the store. In <laughs> fact, we've seen all
1: these people at least on two <laughs> yes. separate other occasions right. in this. It's insane.
2: And I'll tell you what. I don't want to see this match. I don't yeah. want to see a six-man tag with these guys. i had enough of these guys for one show. So like seriously, just, let's quickly just run this down so we get a big brawl underway as soon as the heels enter. By the way, the Mauler's names are Jack O' Victory and Rip Morgan. I don't care if it's Jack Victory or not. I can't tell. Just Jack who ca- O' Gorilla, Victory. please. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? So Bill Irwin wanders around and whips around at things. That's the funniest part of the match is Bill Irwin's randomly at wink- yeah. ringside whipping things. Yeah, yeah. So Scott Hodson calls Bill Irwin the law and order, man. <laughs> yeah. Ah, the law and order, man! <laughs> like, what is he, gorilla? <laughs> and Quinn, you said, we've reached the bottom of the barrel here. Yes,
1: this is like the worst it could possibly get. It, it doesn't it, really get it, much it's worse It's a than bunch this. of nobodies. You know what it's like? This is in
2: Nawa territory.
1: It's like when your parents, mm-hmm. when they're like, oh I saw there's gonna be wrestling somewhere right? right and it's like and you're like is it the WWF and they're like I think so and then right. it's just not it's just like, not
2: it's th- that's what this is I think you're kind of right about yeah. that it's horrible yeah it's just horrible <laughs> you're like, I don't know any of the people here right. what is this and I don't want to ever see this again yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that type of thing yeah so basically, this match is your standard farting around six man who cares type of thing, where the ref is like trying to restore order. There's a lot of punching, a lot of choking by heels. They're dominating. Were that they type really of thing. restoring
1: order? I mean, it was pretty slow and boring if for you the ask most me. part. Other it than was the whipping going on. That's back the best outside. part. And yeah. someone
2: threw garbage in the ring, which yeah. you said reflects what this is. Yeah, that's <laughs> basically this show. Melzer's the ref again, by the way. And man. the heels tease a walkout for a while, and they're acting all scared of Bill Irwin, and then they just do continue to walk out, and some other ref. Yeah, wanders in. Why to help Meltzer count them out? Yeah, he's like assisting with the count out. They're acting like this is like so chaotic. Yeah, like
1: it's a normal match to me. I've never there was nothing that would indicate that this
2: was needed to be what it is. No, which it is by the way, the official decision. Yeah, even though the heels walked out, they walked out of the ring. All of them. Yes, the official decision is a no contest. Ladies and gentlemen, the referee has determined that. There is no winner to this contest.
1: They should have lost. They got counted out. (laughs) Like, the ref came to help count them.
2: (laughs) The announcers say it's because it got so out of control. I kind of fell asleep, honestly. And you asked me point blank when you said, Joe, how do you find this shit? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you literally just pressed this on, like, YouTube somewhere, Uh, right? I I did, yeah. yeah. That's all it was. So anyway, let's go to our last thing here. Craig and Scott Hudson are with Johnny Polo. Scott Anthony here. Yep. Who's good as always? He cuts a very funny promo where he's yelling over and over again at the handsome stranger to just quit the sport, quit the sport, quit the sport, quit the sport. That could
1: have saved us like so much trouble <laughs> if there was no Marcus Alexander Bagwell or Buff uh, Bagwell, man. Right? It, it really would have saved would've. us a, like Judy Bagwell on a pole, pole forklift, match, yeah. yeah, like all that stuff. But so
2: he's basically like, just quit the sport, or you're going to be permanently hospitalized. And then Scott Hudson says, "You know what? He's he's not funny." And I say, "Fuck you, Scott Hudson. <laughs> he is funny." <laughs> Craig says. It's been some great action today. Was it? Was it really? no Was it really good? Like,
1: <laughs> I I want a critique from Craig Heel over here. Like, <laughs> tell me how good it was, Craig. Uh, that was horrible. That was the worst thing I've ever. That like, was I really want, bad.
2: I want Craig Johnson to come on this show and answer for this crap. I don't even know if he actually thought it was good. He might have just been a company man. You know, <laughs> just like eh. just an asshole. Well, you know, Quinn. At least we. We all become assholes. Yeah. At least we have checked off global off our list. Thank the Lord. And folks, we know we didn't do any of your suggestions today, but you know why? We can't always. We yeah. got to just keep things livened up, you know, and keep mixing things up. So we hope you continue to give us suggestions. You should do that because we want to see what you have in store for us. Yes, we and do. And you can do that by going to our website, ovppodcast.com. Go to the suggestion box. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter if you haven't yet. Subscribe on iTunes and leave us a nice five-star review. Yep. And if you'd like, donate at the Patreon. Patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. We have some great things that you get for donating. Check it out. Rewards start at $3. $3 rewards start. Until next week for episode number 57, have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your week. We will see you next Monday the 13th. See ya. You must be pretty proud of yourself I'm real proud of myself I told
0: a stranger last week I told him, stranger, don't mess with my business You humiliated me, you embarrassed me I told you you're gonna pay So stranger, that was your wake up call It's time to wake up and quit professional wrestling I hurt you, I embarrassed you I humiliated you, just like I said I would That's why I'm Scott Anthony, the Palm Beach Hard Stranger, if you got half a brain You will retire from the sport of professional wrestling You ain't been in it too long And if you come back I will put you in a wheelchair, and you will never walk in. So don't come back, stranger. Stay out. That was your wake-up call. Take it. Take heed. Stay out of Scott Anthony's business. Don't ever get in my business again. Don't show up anywhere where I'm at. And quit the sport. Quit the sport. Because if you don't, I will permanently hospitalize you. One of the most despicable acts we have ever seen out of the man who was just sitting right... I didn't even want to stand here with him. He's just not funny anymore, Craig. (laughs)